0: podcast brought to you by Pubmatic and The Drum. I'm Charlotte McKellany, publisher of The Drum in APAC and your host for the series. Last month we talked about supply path optimization alongside GroupM and if you haven't checked out episode one it's all about OTT with you. Go check out those if you haven't yet. This week we're delving into the world of mobile in-app and discussing how this fascinating technology has borne services and platforms that we use every single day. It's created g- giant success stories like our guest today TikTok, Local apps have broken through to become huge global businesses by understanding how to scale and always staying in tune with the needs of both users and advertisers. So today we'll be welcoming back Pubmatics Chief Revenue Officer for APAC, Jason Barnes, um, who will help us understand what the industry needs to know about this topic. And then we'll be joined by Chewy um, from TikTok to look at the challenges, opportunities and lessons from along the way. So first of all, hello, Jason, and welcome back.
1: Hi, Charlotte. Hi, Dan. Good to be back here. And uh, great to have you on the show, Chewy.
0: So we'll dive straight in into the world of mobile in app um, so mobile ad spend's on the rise um, and usage is you know of, of all these apps have never been higher so why is in app seeing this growth jason give us give us the the background
1: yeah so I think, you know, you speak to anyone, the words Asia Pacific and uh, mobile first are always synonymous. We've been speaking about that for many years. There's a very high dedication to our mobile phones, you could say, uh, in, across Asia. And I think it's partly, uh, you know, for good reason. Uh, it's a very advanced ecosystem here, I think more advanced than in many other regions. And that has something to do with the super apps that they have. And, you know, in Singapore, uh, with the pandemic contact tracing, we have to pull our phones out every time we walk into a building or a shop or anything. So just I think shows that sort of increased reliance. Interesting uh, data point came out actually from Immaculate uh, talking about usage of phones in China, which I think uh, shows this point exactly that said, uh, the usage uh, is gonna be double on mobile phones what it is on uh, standard TV. So people are watching video on mobile phone about 220 minutes a day versus 140 uh, on TV. So I think that just shows that big shift in reliance that is happening towards mobile phones. But what is driving this? I think it's very much the uh, mobilization of businesses. So all these great new apps that are arriving, that combined with a really aggressive data plan, so it's cheap to watch this great content, and then better coverage uh, that the telcos are providing means that the consumers have moved very heavily uh, into mobile and into in-app. And as we know, where the consumers move, uh, that is where the advertisers go as well. And hence, huge increases in um, advertising spend globally uh, on mobile and especially in app. But other things driving the growth uh, of mobile, I think the environment, the mobile environment has got a lot cleaner and has a lot less fraud in it. So there were a couple of high profile fraud cases in the past couple of years, and I think everyone has really responded to that well. So there's a bit more comfort in the spend I think importantly that creativity has increased so ad formats far better far more interesting ad formats out there that um, advertisers can spend their dollars on and then finally I think the increasing programmatic activation so uh, agencies are more and more comfortable with uh, buying programmatically and I think having that data and that efficiency means that more and more revenue has now started moving towards mobile which is great.
0: Your point about about kind of covid and how it's changed our relationship with mobiles because we're checking into places on our phone is is so true um it's even more important to have your mobile phone with you all the time I, I my phone nearly ran out of battery the other day and i panicked because i i realized i couldn't get to what i wanted to get and i wouldn't be able to check in so it's, it's kind of crazy how important that's become
1: exactly um, what, i won't even keep it in my pocket anymore i have to keep it in my hand
0: <laughs> exactly exactly it's like glued to your hand totally <laughs> Um, one thing I wanted to ask actually is it's something that comes up quite a lot um, as, a, as a journalist because we we hear the trend towards people using things more um, and sometimes the spend doesn't match up or you know the investment isn't quite there. Um, so my question is is does this spend on mobile and in app really match up to that opportunity? And so you know, if it does or doesn't, what are the challenges to monetization?
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, so a couple of challenges, as always, I think um, while in the previous answer, I just spoke a little bit about improvements, I think there's still a bit of wariness from brands and media buyers when it comes to apps. Um, interestingly, when I speak to um, media buyers and ask them, why spending so little on mobile? They do sometimes point towards the brands and perhaps um, uh, increased need for uh, just discussion and education around the brands. Um, so I think that could be uh, one element of it, but there's two other key reasons um, I think that it has not quite reached the opportunity. Uh, I don't think the revenue matches up to the opportunity. Two key ones are around uh, transparency and viewability. So, for uh, transparency, I think, you know, as I said a little earlier, there's been uh, a lot of great work done around reducing invalid traffic, but there were a couple of major global issues um, last year, especially, uh, and there were some estimations that spent, you know took over two billion dollars of fraud on mobile, which I think was, you know, a bit of a horrifying number for everyone. Uh, But, you know, major changes are being made. Um, And I think this lack of transparency, there's also a lack of transparency between the two ends of digital supply chain in-app, which I think is different to web and mobile web. So there's a few few more middlemen. Uh, There's a bit more reselling, a bit more arbitraging. So when buyers are buying, they don't always have as clear an idea of the amount of working media when they're spending on in-app. So I think that's making them nervous. So that is absolutely a challenge. And around viewability um, on your sort of desktop, there's a whole raft of metrics um, that buyers use, obviously uh, clicks, installs, purchases, etc. Um, but for in-app, there's a slightly more fundamental um, issue at hand, and I think that is whether the app was actually seen or not. So on desktop and mobile, there's all these agreed viewability standards, and you just need to drop a pixel, and pretty much everything works. On the in app space it 's a little bit of a different story, so uh, these third party measurement uh, companies usually only work in the in app environment if there 's an SDK installed so a software development kit that then allows these third party external companies to integrate their measurement products. The problem with an SDK is it does require a bit of work, and generally the app developers uh, try and avoid this work if they can you know installing an SDK does take a little bit of work. They need to be updated. They need to be tested. There's privacy compliance issues. And then also SDKs do add a little bit of extra weight. So a bit of increased latency to the app, uh, which the app developers do not like. So a bit of um, reticence amongst the app developers to install these SDKs, which is leading to less measurement. So I think those are key, uh, key factors there. I think performance is another one just around uh, cross device and trying to follow the user journey. Um, So uh, cross-device graphs are out there and I think they can help but it is definitely more difficult uh, on the in-app environment than it is in other environments. So I think that's definitely one of the challenges and yeah the spend has certainly not matched up to the opportunity.
0: Yeah, completely. that's what I'm hearing too. Um, I mean there's there's a few sort of issues here. Um, Does the industry have solutions to these in place?
1: Uh, yes, uh, yeah. Yes and no. Uh, as always, everyone's uh, working pretty hard on it. So, uh, mobile web and, and desktop, yeah, huge strides. And, and this is sort of a bit of a theme through a couple of my answers here. Uh, so, transparency, efficiency, viewability. Um, the you know is, is all pretty good on mobile web and desktop, and in app space is starting to follow, uh, but still a little bit murky. And I think one of the uh, reactions to this has been around supply path optimization. so that's just more media buyers are starting to deal with less supply sources to ensure that all the supply they're buying is totally transparent, trustworthy, verified, et cetera. Uh, and this is certainly playing now very strongly into the in-app space. So it's not really a technology, but it's an industry initiative I think that is uh, leading to improvements in this space uh but other things uh you know that publishers can do uh the iab tech, tech lab i think is doing some fantastic work in this area they recognized this a while ago they launched their uh open measurement sdk in 2018 i believe it was and this has become uh, quite widely available and it has viewability trackers from multiple vendors in one sdk so you still do have the sdk issue uh, where app developers are not always keen to install them but uh, this is a global Um, SDK uh, with all the measurement vendors locked into it, so it solves that problem for them. Uh, The Tech Lab also launched appads.txt, so that's the app equivalent of ads.txt. So this starts making that app ecosystem a lot uh, safer and a lot more transparent for buyers. So I think that's been good. Uh, I I saw some data, I think, from Pixelate a while ago saying the adoption has been in in the thousands of percents, but that's obviously coming off zero, uh, but it has massively increased, which I think is fantastic. Um, and then other things out there is obviously um, inventory uh, fraud, quality software. I think that that's something that everybody should be adapting, uh, adopting. Sorry, uh, just to ensure that all the inventory is clean. Buyers are um, confident in the fact that they can buy it. And then uh, one other and final point I'd make, I guess, is uh, is sort of fairly technical, but this is around publishers ensuring that all the parameters that have all the parameters passed in the bid stream to buyers. So. Uh, The beauty about in-app is it actually has very rich data, richer data than any other platform. But it is not always switched on, so uh, the data is not always passed through the bid stream. Uh, Therefore, the buyer can't always identify the user or the environment that they're in or the context, which means that they don't pay as much money for it. But when these parameters are turned on, it's a very, very data-rich environment for buyers, and therefore they pay more for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the themes, I guess, that comes through with every conversation I have with brands and agencies is just access to that that kind of rich data so I can imagine that being yeah. a pretty high selling point point. Um, so what's the, before we move on um, and bring in Chewy what, what's on the horizon for an app and what sort of innovation should we be keeping our eyes on
1: yeah um, you know exciting space so so fast-moving lots of different things always difficult to keep up with it but one that I think is gonna probably make the biggest Impact is a very much a macro factor. And I think that's the advances with 5G and the introduction of 5G. So uh, I think there is going to be a huge uh, performance leaps uh, for that user experience on mobile. I mean, in our lifetimes, we've moved sort of from 2G uh, to 4G and now we're seeing 5G. So it's moving so fast. But, you know, you think about uh, that amount of bandwidth now available, uh, high, def- high definition media, uh, certainly on the horizon. So the whole entertainment experience um, I think interactive technologies, um, especially for things like mobile gaming, um, I think is huge. Uh, there's areas like e-learning and e-medicine that I think will be able to develop further uh, with so much bandwidth. So I think a huge amount uh, of opportunities, I think, when 5G uh, really hits home, which I think it is going to soon, I think it presents advertisers with um, a great amount of creativity as well. Um, so I'd say that introduction of 5G is probably the one that I'm looking most forward to
0: yeah i mean if the opportunity isn't being realized by brands and and businesses yet the fact that that's coming in you know spells even more of a a reason for people to be kind of looking at this really
2: yeah thanks for giving us a
0: view on um on those trends and you know it sounds like this is something that everyone should be kind of keeping an eye on Mm -hmm. um so i want to introduce our, our guest speaker so we can dive a little bit more into this opportunity um, as I mentioned, there's been a number of breakout apps um, that we couldn't live without today um, and TikTok's certainly one of them. Um, so I'm happy to w- welcome Chewy, in, Head of Southeast Asia Business Marketing of TikTok. Um, welcome, Chewy. Hi, Charlotte. Thanks for joining us. Um, so let's start off uh, with just, you know, can you, can you tell me a little bit about TikTok's
2: journey to becoming this kind of global phenomenon it is today? Alright, so happy to share. Uh, TikTok is a destination for short form video, as you know. Our mission is to bring joy and inspire creativity. And it is this mission that has propelled us to grow from strength to strength globally. We are now in over 150 countries and also available in more than 75 languages. I will share three factors that have driven this global growth. So first, it is our strong focus on users. We focus on providing value to our users. I would say this is a hygiene, no matter what industry or business you are in. A second factor is that whilst we have expanded globally, we stay truly local. So we have a global strategy and a narrative, but we also are very mindful to empower local teams to decide what works best in their markets. We also invest in developing our local communities. For instance, for our local uh, creators, we provide them with training workshops, best practices. We train them through initiatives like our Creator Academy to help them grow. So there's two, right? Uh, Thirdly, I want to talk a little bit about how we have been able to grow globally at such a speed and skill. And this is because of our ability to leverage network effects very effectively. Network effects show up when a new user creates value for many other users on the platform. So for some other platforms, the network effects of a new user tend to be limited to his or her friends. But on TikTok, you see that this is different. Uh, On TikTok, a new user creates content and generates signals that can be leveraged globally regardless of whether people are friends or not. So an example is when you see a TikTok video from someone in Bangkok or someone in Barcelona that has zero social connection to you, that has no social connection to you and you still love the content. So the more users generating content, generating signals, the stronger the value it is for the rest of the network. And this is something that's allowed us to scale rapidly. So you need to get from zero to your first million and your first billion users fast, right? This will allow your users to enjoy and benefit from the skill and network effects. I think it's so
0: interesting, particularly that last point, because I think for so many people, it's just, you know, TikTok kind of came out of nowhere. And particularly, I think, you know, thinking of people during lockdown, the, some of the, the things that you're talking about with that local effect, it's allowed people to kind of connect to, to other people all over the world through all sorts of interests while they've they've been at home. So I think it's been interesting to see that growth given the, the situation mm. we've been in. Um, so my next question is just about brands. You know, how do brands get involved on the platform now? Is it through advertising or other routes? How does that work?
2: Right, so uh, brands have always been a key part of the TikTok community. So, and in fact, I would say TikTok is perhaps the only platform that you can see right now where users actually expect to see brands and want to see brands while they consume content. And advertising is the key solutions that we offer to brands. So we offer uh, businesses and brands full final ad solutions to meet a range of business objectives, whether it's raising brand awareness and engagement, whether it's driving app in stores or whether it's increasing online and offline sales. So what I do want to emphasize is that across all of these advertising products, whether it's a hashtag challenge or the branded effects, uh, participation is very much in the DNA of the TikTok community. So we see an interesting phenomenon on TikTok where there is a shift in consumer behavior from passive viewing, uh, passive consumer, consumption to active engagement and active participation, right? You have your users, your consumers participating in the storytelling of your brand. And in some instances, like our hashtag challenge, your consumers are actually the ones who create the ads for you. So on TikTok, it's not just about like, comment or share. It's about joining. It's about participating. So you actually get consumers spending about 20 to 30 minutes of the time, creating con- content with your brand, building a relationship with your brand. So I would say uh, many brands globally are already on TikTok, using it to drive different business goals. Globally, we have brands like Coca-Cola, P&G, Samsung, Apple, Burger King, and so on. Uh, in APAC, we have brands like Grab, Kia Motors, Uniqlo, Bukalapad, Shopee, uh, and so on.
0: Awesome, yeah. All all, all pretty much household <laughs> brands, right? But all people I recognize. And I think it's interesting mm-hmm. how much time people spend with the ads, actually. I think that's something that will always resonate with, with brands is kind of hearing... how much time people are spending with their ads. And that brings me on to just sort of bringing Jason in here, actually. So what are the apps, you know, what are the options in in terms of monetization for apps? Is is advertising one of the best ways to go?
1: Well, I am slightly biased there, Charlotte. I have to admit, I uh, love advertising. We love advertising. (laughs) (laughs) So so yeah, advertising, absolutely. I think, you know, advertising is still the dominant uh, monetization uh, form on the internet. So uh, there's more, Companies use advertising than any other form, but I think um, you know micro purchases and subscriptions are certainly growing. And I think in app there's some great, uh, to- uh, very well integrated um, transaction mechanisms that make it very easy for people to spend within apps, which I think is great. I think advertising is still very dominant, uh, and certainly I think the first thing that most app developers should be looking at however i also believe that uh, having multiple revenue streams is vitally important as well so um, i think all app developers should look at multiple revenue streams but i think there's certainly a great demand from brands and from advertisers to be appearing on quality apps so no reason that that uh, should not be looked at first i think for most app developers and publishers
0: yeah i think i think the advice to have multiple revenue streams is is just generally sound advice for for publishers Mm. sort of anywhere really Um, Chiwi, I'm going to come back to you, actually. I want to know a little bit more about the journey for TikTok in, in terms of monetization, because I think although you've very quickly grown to this size and a lot of brands are aware of you now, it's all
2: quite recent, really. So it'd be interesting to hear kind of what that journey's been. Right. Um, this journey has been like being on a rocket ship with the speed and skill of our growth. So building a what Jason has shared, so our primary revenue generation model right now is from advertising. So as an advertising platform, we celebrate creativity and blend the art and science of advertising. So what we've really done uh, on our monetization front is to lower the barrier of entry for content creation and for advertising. We democratize creativity. We make it really easy for anybody to create great content, creative ads, because we believe that no one has a monopoly on creativity. Whether you're a small business or a multinational brand, you can use TikTok to succeed as long as you're telling authentic stories and engaging and collaborating with our community. Throughout this, our philosophy is to bring joy and to provide value for our community, right? And this community consists of users, creators, and brands, right? For users, we focus on delivering personalized and joyful content. For creators, we enable them to build good content by providing them with tools, training, best practices. We match them to brands uh, for monetization opportunities like the TikTok, through the TikTok creator marketplace. And finally, for brands, uh, for advertisers and agencies, we focus on delivering results, whether you're a big brand or a small business. And I would say to any, uh, any business, any app developer, if you do these three things really well, revenue will naturally follow. I like that, that that's good
0: advice. Um, I also love the, the idea of kind of democratizing kind of access to, to these users as well. It's, and, you know, no one has a, mon- a monopoly mm. over creativity. That's, that's a lovely thought. Yeah. Um, and I want to just dive into the future now get out the crystal ball. Um, I want to know a little bit about what the future of in-app monetization looks like. And specifically, I mean, we've been talking a lot about programmatic in in all three episodes of this series. So is is the future of in-app more programmatic, Jason? Uh,
1: Absolutely, Charlotte. Uh, Yeah, so uh, we obviously think so. If if I have to have a think about perhaps some of the trends we're seeing in, in varying stages at the moment and where they will be, Uh, I think the future will be header bidding enabled. Um, I don't see any reason why that is going to slow down. It's been happening in desktop for many years to great success. I don't see any reason why that shouldn't uh, strongly continue through in-app. I think um, OTT is going to really drive the future of in-app and in-app monetization, I think. Uh, you know, for all the reasons we spoke about a little bit beforehand, data costs are coming down. The experience is increasing uh, significantly. So I think OTT is going to be a huge driver, of course, along with e-commerce uh, and social media. Those are going to be massive. But those, I would say, are almost mature at the moment, whereas OTT is still quite young. But um, some, uh, I think location-based is probably something that's been a little untapped so far. When mobile first came out, we all thought, wow, location-based is really going to be Um, you know, a huge value adder here. As far as advertising is concerned, there hasn't been a huge amount uh, that I've seen. I think there's still a lot of area to grow there. Um, And then engaging ad formats. Um, I think the the future is going to have far more engaging ad formats, which I think is exciting. This is bringing back the the creativity piece Uh, Chewy spoke about a little earlier. Brands really want that ability to to be creative and on these small screens, it makes it a little bit more difficult.
0: Um, And Chewy, you you kind of touched on you know what the journey's been for, for monetization and even in the kind of short-term future but for you what, what does the kind of future of, of monetization look like
2: right uh, i'll say this more broadly for the entire industry so ad monetization really depends on the value your ad brings to users and i keep going back uh, to this point uh, we see some standard monetization models like advertising revenue and in net purchases but we're also starting to see uh, other models becoming more popular like the freemium and subscription model because this allows the users to test the apps, this serves as a hook and a user's like experience, they will pay to continue the usage. So the user experience here is really key. We also start to see the concept of app as a service growing in this region. For instance, you have super apps like Grab, like Gojek, uh, where the monetization models is becoming more varied with multiple models beyond purely just uh, advertising but in-app purchases. So uh, we do see this means a couple of things, that uh, that the in-app economy designs have become a lot more robust. So there are multiple and varied monetization models. So at that, developers need to ask themselves where the point of entries might be for their consumers, which areas can get people to convert and pay, and then make sure that they have a strong system to bring it all together. I talk a lot about value uh, because the exchange of value is truly important users are getting more and more picky about how they spend their time, and with limited time, ads must find ways to continue to engage their users with stronger content of value. So uh, our suggestion to app developers is stop looking for just wills. So it is typical uh, in-app purchase games, for instance, to do that. But as people become more mobile first, and they're getting more used to making payments via mobile, a user who has never a will, who was never a paid user, might just convert going forward. Similarly for advertising, right? A user who is watching your ads, viewing your ads, are valuable if they're generating revenue regardless of the demographic or income groups. So our suggestion is to not to be afraid to innovate and experiment, continue to test, iterate and enhance with different monetization models so you get to know your users better over time and know what works better for them.
0: I love that point about value. You're so right because if I think even just about my experience, but I know I've had this conversation with, with many, many people, you're kind of reducing the number of apps that you use. You kind of got that app fatigue, but the ones that you do use, you're right. You use it so much more, um, you know, every day, many, many times. So it's kind of making sure that you're adding that value to become that app that's sort of intrinsic to people's lives. Um, And I guess my final, final point, you know, we, we talked about how important these apps are to our lives and increasingly so. Um, but there's still that kind of gap in in investment. Um, So what can apps do to attract more brand investment? Uh, Jason, I'll go to you first.
1: Good. Um, Yes, so I think, now listening a lot to brands and agencies uh, speaking, I think that the environment that the apps create uh, is absolutely critical to attracting brand advertisers. You know, they really want, you know, not too much clutter, you know, great navigation, you know, strong and creative ability to get their messaging across. I think if I was a publisher right now, an app developer, I'd really focus on trying to create the best possible environment I can for brands. I think that is really a starting point. Um, obviously the consumer as well is, a, is is the first starting point, but I think uh, from that follows creating this very, very strong environment for uh, brands. And they're quite clear on the things they like. And that's what I mentioned a little about, you know, no clutter, you know, good navigation, uh, good creative execution. Um, But another area, I think, uh, for apps to have a look at is flexibility around their monetization methods. So um, for brands, I think brands are spending in multiple different ways now. A lot of it is programmatic. A lot of it is direct. I would just say, um, as an app developer, try and make it as easy as possible for a high-quality brand to spend money on your website uh on your app if you do that i think you've you know taken some of the fundamental steps towards becoming successful
0: absolutely and chewy what what are your thoughts on the same questions
2: how do we how do we get more brands investing in in mobile in app
1: right uh, i would
2: say go back to the basics it may sound simple but it's really difficult to achieve and boils voice to this delivering value delivering value to both your users and to the brands Uh, I spoke a bit about this uh, earlier, uh, but what I really want to share and emphasize is that brands are looking for results, right? They want to see performance, they want to see results, whether it is increased brand awareness, whether it's increased sales. And apps can deliver these results typically through quality traffic and user engagement on, on their platforms. Contrary to popular belief, I do not think there is any conflict between having more brand investment versus having a positive useful experience. In fact, on TikTok, users actually want to and expect to see brands when they are consuming the content. I would say the key here is to be able to connect brands to your users in a way that adds value for both parties. Um, On TikTok, we have been able to do this by building a community and and, and enabling the collaboration amongst brands, users, and creators, right? You see marketers working alongside our users and creators to jointly create content, reinvent trends, participate in trends together. Uh, Overall, there are hits and misses in the industry. Uh, We have examples like native ads or recommendation engines, uh, where different players have tried different ways to achieve this in the past. I would say the success formula is not static. It evolves as user habits, consumption habits evolve. And I'd really love to see where the industry is headed on this front.
0: Absolutely. Um, Well, that brings us to the end of of our chat today. I've learned a heck of a lot about um in app and the, the opportunities and hopefully everyone else has too and um, so thank you to both jason and Chewie for helping us find out more about this and thanks to the listeners for tuning in today